It's Thursday. It's podcast time. You know what that means? That means it is mailbag day. Favorite podcast day of the week for the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, part of the Lockdown Podcast Network, your team every day. I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole, publisher of Wolverines Wire through USA Today Sports Media Group. And first, I got to say, y'all, silly for the sake that the most we broke a record in the last less than 24 hours, the most read article in the history of Wolverines Wire is now the article that I wrote about Brendan Rice throwing some shade at MSU. Makes all the sense in the world. Michigan recruit, uh, as in a target, out of Arizona, ended up at Colorado. His head coach goes to Michigan State. Michigan State follows him when Mel Tucker goes there because, you know, either check up on your players or, you know, hey, if you want to transfer, we could use you. And he tweeted, tweeted out, why would I go to the little bro school? That is officially, the article about that is officially the most read article I have done since this site opened in June of 2018. That's crazy. All right, let's get to your questions. We got plenty of them to keep us busy today, starting with our leaders and best. James Crudup at James Crudup 6. Did you ever wonder last season after Shea was playing with the oblique injury why they didn't go to a healthy Dylan or Joe over Hurt Shea? Hurt Shea is better than a healthy Joe or Dylan, does that make you nervous for this season? No. Um, I, I think that it just felt that even if he was not healthy senior quarterback, I think he, you know, I think he led on that he was healthier probably, you know, kind of like, well, it's my, you know, it's an injury. I can play through it. I can do all the things I need to do. Maybe it looked a little bit different in practice. I, I honestly wouldn't put too much concern over it. Because I think he was good enough to go, and I think that was the thing. But they they were always higher on Shea than a lot of people, other people were, you know. And keep in mind, he he ended up, and I know people aren't still not satisfied. No, I'm not saying he's Joe Burrow or anything like that. But he ended up finishing second in the con in the at not in the country, but second uh, in Michigan history in passing yards. But I think a lot of it too was the idea of it being growing pains in the offense. Uh, actually, I know that's part of it, is they felt that offense isn't 100% clicking yet. They felt that the issue, albeit a sh- very big Shea issue, was the fumbles, and they felt that it was going to, you know, as Brian Cook says, revert to the mean at some point, which it did. But uh, I, I don't think that that's something to particularly be concerned about. I think that uh, going forward next season, I mean, you've got – you know, guys, a guy that's been there three years and a guy that's been there four years, both in their second year of a offensive system. I feel like you've got to feel pretty good about the prospects of that. And I think that, you know, again, conversations I've had with uh, with people, they they think that it was just going to be a matter of time and maturing for Dylan and Joe and that they think that that is the point in which Michigan can take that step to the next level. And trust me, the person that told me, the one person that told me this was not one that uh, would uh, be sitting there blowing smoke. Let's just put it that way. Josh Barr at Jadicky, were there some targets for the late signing period they pursued and missed on, so we didn't hear about them, or were they content with the class from early signing day? Uh, I don't know much about that, to be honest. I never really got the impression that there was anyone they were particularly heavy on for 2020. I think that they so I can say that they were probably more than more or less 
content with it. They had moved pretty much on to 2021. Uh, I'm sure there were a handful, but again, they weren't so pressing that I felt like I needed to get on it, you know? So I don't have any names or anything. Um, I'm taking over recruiting more for uh, the site now, Wolverine's Wire. So note uh, note that I should have the answers like that a little bit more going forward. A uh, lot of good stuff, obviously, the West Bloomfield stuff. I talked to uh, Malcolm Johnson Jr. today from uh, the DMV, Alexandria, Virginia, who is a guy that Michigan really, really, really wants at wide receiver. So, uh, yeah, definitely... Definitely will have more knowledge on stuff like that than I've had than I had over the last year when I kind of ceded to Evan Petzold. But uh, this uh, this year, I don't really know, to be honest. Uh, my brother in metal, Michael Wolf at MWolf21. Do you think the offense will improve enough under Gaddis to be ranked in the top 25? I do. And I think you're going to see, I mean, you've got to, you can see what they're doing at running back. And I think it's impressive. You can see what they're doing at receiver and quarterback, and I think it's impressive. I, I honestly, the whole offense I feel is like recruiting wise, schematically. I thought schematically from game one, I was super impressed with what Michigan was trying to do. Yeah, I know sometimes it didn't look that pretty, but eventually, for the most part, it did. I definitely think it's just a matter of time on task to some degree. I think that's a that's a big deal. Uh, time on task and having personnel. Look at how Ohio State changed once, you know, what once you got from senior JT Barrett to Dwayne Haskins, both under Ryan Day. You know, time on task and personnel. Their offense made a huge jump. I don't know offhand. I guess I can look it up real fast exactly how much they jumped from 2017 to 2018, but I feel like it made a pretty significant jump because see 20, I mean, I wasn't giant. I guess they were already number seven in the country offensively in 2017, but in 2018, they were number two, 2016 before Ryan day. Uh, although Kevin Wilson was still there, they were not in the top 25. So I think it, it matters having the, they were 31. It matters having both the personnel and the, uh, and the coaching. Michigan is, I think, slowly but surely starting to kind of get there. I know they're they're 68th in the country, which is middling, uh, but they're not necessarily doing ball control anymore, and I think they've got the pieces to really be able to ball out in that sense. All right, Trent Noop at Trent Noop. Any idea why Michigan wouldn't promote Devin Bush Sr. instead of letting him go to Ole Miss? Um, I think there's at this point there's a reason why no one has hired him as position coach. I don't know what that reason is. I'm not impugning him. I just note that he went to Ole Miss, but again, not as a position coach, as director of recruiting. So that could be personal preference. That could be people aren't ready to put him there. I mean, he had an audition for Michigan in in at the end of 2017, being the safeties coach uh, for the bowl game. And they ended up uh, going elsewhere as far as filling their vacancy there. They obviously slid uh, Partridge over from linebackers. And then, you know, you know how it all goes. Uh, brought in now Washington and all that stuff. But I, I, I don't know. I just, and I ha I haven't had a chance to reach out to him. Uh, but uh, 
because I am kind of curious about that. But uh, and you know, I I he's a guy that I've seen around since uh, since he first got to Ann Arbor, and it is uh, it is a sad thing to see him go. But I think that one of the things that people weirdly are kind of obsessing over it when we don't really know the true nature of his impact. You know, he he not wasn't necessarily a force in recruiting. He wasn't able to travel and recruit. He wasn't necessarily a big force in what they did on the field. He was a defensive analyst. So I think it's kind of being overstated. However, I do think he's earned it. I mean, just like Chris Partridge, but maybe it's that's the path, you know, that he needs to go. Director of recruiting, which is what he is now, which is what Partridge was when he came to Michigan after being the head coach at Paramus Catholic. Maybe that's the path that people feel like they need to see before they're ready to put him in that uh, particular role. But he gets to get his feet wet with recruiting that much more now down in Oxford. So that's really all I got there. All right. Finishing out segment one, Jimmy Whitner at Jimmy Whitner one. Can we take both Greg Brown and Chris Josh Christopher if they both want to come? Well, I'm sure that Michigan will find a way. It would require attrition, of course. But uh, and and you're pro- you know you you very well could get attrition from Isaiah Livers if Isaiah Livers uh, really balls out from here on in could definitely go pro. I uh, could, you know, and then who knows any number of guys who might decide that they could try their hand elsewhere somewhere, but it definitely would require some attrition, but I'm sure that they would find a way to get both to come if they both want to come, put it that way. And he also says, what is our biggest need in this recruiting cycle? Uh, I said needs, but I'm going to go with just defensive tackle. I think I answered this last week or the week before. I mean, defensive tackle, they didn't take anyone last time. They're getting thin there, obviously. Um, continuing to fill out offensive line because I feel like they they want to have just, you know, four guys, three to four to five to six guys per class that can come in. Uh, so it's not necessarily a big pressing need, but I feel like it's something that's good to have. Really, both offensive and defensive lines in general. And... Uh, uh, I'd probably say tight end since they only ended up taking one last uh, last cycle in Matthew Hibner overall. feel like, especially with some of the departures, you need think you need tight ends, you need defensive tackles, and I'll also say cornerback. They need corners because they have not been pulling in quite as many high-level corners as they were before. think they're pretty much good at safety. I think they're pretty much good at linebacker. I mean... They could use defensive ends still, probably. They got a couple this last cycle, but you always could use some because you can always turn them into f- defensive tackles if they bulk up as well. All right, that'll do it for segment one. Uh, we'll continue answering your questions here in a moment. Uh, remember, if your company is looking for a new way to reach customers, it, they could be reached right now here on this podcast. Email me at ihole at usatoday.com for more details about increasing your business. All right, two questions from Brian Hall at 15BS Hall 97. What improvements do you want to see Josh Gaddis's offense in year two? Uh, I just want to see the passing game really take off. And, I mean, honestly, this is pretty 
basic passing game takeoff and run and and run game takeoff as well. But I want to see them in conjunction with one another because that's what you see at a lot of these big schools. You see them run for 200 yards and pass for 400 yards. You know, I, I, that's what I want to see is the ability for them to to have the five, 600 yards of offense, 300 yards passing, 200 yards rushing, you know, 350 yards passing, 200 yards. Like, I want to see them eclipse 200 yards rushing with impunity, and I want to see them uh, be able to run the ball at will. We saw them have that capability from time to time. The running the ball one's probably more important, but the way this offense is going to go, some of these passes are essentially runs, you know, the screen game, the, you know, a lot of that kind of stuff. Some of the runs are almost like passes too. some of the, the jet sweep type action that they use with Giles and Ronnie and all and Donovan. And I just want to see consistency from the quarterback position, taking care of the football, not turning the ball over accuracy. Those are the most important things just the lapse of mental mistakes because mental mistakes I think is what killed this team, especially early. And they would have been so, you know, they finally started kind of rounding into form late in the season, but they need to get there a lot faster. They need to get there basically week one and just go. That's what this team needs to do. Uh, also continues with Michigan having a pretty talent, rich class for 2021. How is the in-state recruiting efforts going? I think it's something of a mixed bag. I think he, they've done a really good job, and I'll pull up uh, Michigan's uh, uh, Michigan's targets here. But looking at their list, I'm, I'm a little bit I'm a, I'm a little bit feeling like Damon Payne has been waning for a little bit, which is disappointing. Uh, but you know, they've been after him for so long, you can never tell. He's a defensive tackle, so he's an absolute need. Uh, Rocco Spindler, thinks, and he and I have been trading. We'll have something up on him relatively soon. I feel like Arrow is looking really, really up on him. Donovan Edwards, I feel like Michigan's been in the pole position. Would like to see them be more aggressive personally with him. Garrett Dellinger, Michigan's been aggressive with him as well. I've actually never talked to him, but... I've never felt that he was necessarily coming to Michigan, but he's making an awful lot of visits for someone that I felt was probably Notre Dame bound. So I think that Michigan's doing a good job there. Uh, Rayshon Benny, guy that they have on campus all the time. I think uh, Michigan's doing a really good job there. Same with uh, Raheem Anderson, who's been on campus a few times. Jamari Button, I feel like Michigan's the team to beat. Uh, I don't know much about Kalen King or Kobe King. Uh, Caleb Tiernan. I feel like Michigan's the team to be. He's been on campus like five or six for five or six games, like two basketball games, three football games, something like that. And uh, Andrell Anthony, I know, is a high priority for Michigan, and I feel like they're doing a really good job uh, with him. He's another guy I've been trading with, and I'm trying to get on the horn here before too long. But I think they're overall doing a good job. Uh, there's another question that I'll be answering here momentarily that will – that kind of addresses my concerns here. Travis Moose at Moose underscore Travis. Give me your favorite UM player of all time for quarterback, uh, running back, wide receiver, tight end, lineman, linebacker, and secondary. Um, these are my favorites. I'm not saying they're the best. I'm saying they're my personal favorites. Uh, quarterback, Devin Gardner. I know some of you will say, well, you and him are boys, but I he was my favorite before that. Even after the 2014 season, 
he was definitely my favorite player to ever, honestly, at that point, to ever strap on a winged helmet. And just because he wasn't utilized correctly didn't mean to me that he was uh, any worse for the wear. I just remember being there at the 2013 Michigan-Notre Dame game. He just was electric, had so much capability, and I just think Michigan used him wrong. Uh, he'll tell you Michigan used him wrong. I mean, dual threat guy that was like Terrell Pryor, five-star, high four-star, and Michigan treated him like a typical proto-pocket passer. Terrible. Running back. Mm. I loved Wheatley when I was little and I was growing up, but in, more in my adult life, like I, I watched the tail end of Chris Perry and I, but I think Mike Hart would have to win that one for me. I was there for his entire career in Ann Arbor uh, as a student. He was, uh, I, I had met him before, uh, which nat naturally he didn't remember, but spilled all those beans to me before the Indiana game, like I told you guys, when I ran into him in the team hotel. Uh, yeah, Mike Hart, wide receiver. That one's kind of a tough one. It, it probably would have been Donovan if Donovan would have been more productive, uh, just because I've been covering that guy since he was a high, uh, high school sophomore. But, uh, on, you know, granted, same with Nico. I had talked to Nico at that. Well, Nico was more when he was a high school junior. But it, to me, it's, I, I mean, probably Braylon Edwards. Yeah, prob probably Braylon um, because he was just electrifying to watch. Uh, I'll give a – keep in mind, all of my picks are for the most part going to come 2002 forward because that's when I really started caring. Um. Actually, you know what? No, Desmond Howard, because I grew up doing the Heisman pose, and I remember he was the he, Jim Harbaugh and Desmond Howard were the first two Michigan players that I could like put name and face to. So I'll say Desmond. Tight end. Uh, I'll I'll go with uh, go with Jake Butt just because he was enjoyable. I enjoyed his personality. I enjoyed his ability to play on the field. Mackey Award winner. I know he's relatively recent, whatever. Lineman. Um, didn't pay attention to the line at all until I started covering the team. Just did not care at all. But I'm going to give a shout out to my boy, John Jansen, because I love him dearly. So that's offensive line. Defensive line, Lamar Woodley. Guns don't kill people. Lamar Woodley kills people. He was just a force. Linebacker, Devin Bush. Most fun to watch, in my opinion. I thought he was incredible. I enjoyed watching Sean Crable, though a lot of people, you know, that this was after the, the hit, but I just remember watching. This is not because, like, wow, that guy's really good. I just, for whatever reason, was mesmerized in, 20, in 2007 as a, college senior watching Sean Crable. I don't know why. I just was. Secondary, that one's easy for me. Jordan Lewis. I just that's personality. That's I know, you know, I can't say Charles Woodson with like 
in in reality because I did not watch Michigan in 1997, unfortunately, because I did not care about sports in high school. But uh, except for the Detroit Lions, made the wrong choice there. But uh, yeah, I just love everything about JD. That that's my guy. I just appreciate him in every way. Is the way he played, the way he, uh, the you know the way the the way he conducted himself on and off the field. As everything about JD, I think is awesome. All right, Urban Pirate at twenty roar heading into spring. Who do you see as impact freshman on offense, defense, and special teams? Uh, special teams is way too early for me to tell because I have no idea what guys are going to participate in that in, in, you know, on special teams, as far as true freshmen feel like you figure out who you're going to get by game at game one. It's always like, Oh, those guys. Cause Michigan likes to use a lot of freshmen on special teams, especially early, uh, last couple years. Well, really last four years. But uh, I, I, so I can't really say as far as that's concerned, unless you're talking kick returns. I mean, then I think AJ Henning or Roman Wilson could pl- both play a big role. So I'll go Roman Wilson on special teams. Cause let's say they put him back there with Giles. Roman gets one of those kicks. I mean, dude runs a four, three. He could just be gone. Uh, on offense, I've been pretty solid saying I think AJ Henning is going to be the the one just because of his versatility. Roman Wilson, I think, is going to be right behind him. Defense, I've, I'm kind of all over the place with that one. Uh, part of me thinks Braden McGregor, if he's healthy, then you just kind of look up and down the board and like it's like well, I don't know what linebackers are particularly going to be, you know a guy that could come in early and do his thing. So I will go with the guy that's got the most versatility who's already on campus. And I will say Makari page. Maybe that's because I just visited West Bloomfield, but I feel like Makari page is going to be an early impact type of guy. He's already got the body for it. I feel so that's that we'll, uh, we'll, we'll, I, I don't have an informed opinion there. I'll have a more of an informed opinion once they actually start spring workouts. Rugby for life at Boomer 101 315 since day since or it's day 3000 since Michigan won against Ohio State. They're celebrating down there. Uh what do you see being done to stop this streak of Ls? Same thing I see every year. Michigan goes out and gets uh different coaches that can do different things to help increase those probabilities. Yeah, they had vacancies to fill on the defensive side, but they went out and got two defensive coordinators. One of them is a really, really good recruiter. I think that having those fresh eyes with uh, Brian Jean Mary and uh, Bob Shoup, I think that could play huge dividends. Not to, you know, a Pune, Partridge, or uh, Campanelli, who I think were both excellent coaches. But now you've got two guys who have coordinated defenses had to holistically look at look over everything. Bob shoot particularly is a guy who's fielded number one defenses as recent as two seasons ago, three seasons ago, rather. I think it's, I think that that is what helps because there's nothing else you can really do other than make smart hires. Just like last year, they brought in Josh Gaddis said, Hey, our offense needs to be more dynamic because we can't hang 
with the likes of Ohio State unless we have a more dynamic offense. Well, they got one now. All right, finishing out segment two, Shemi at Little Shemi. Your early take for the offensive line starting five. Well, Ed Warner said on John Jansen's podcast that uh, he's tantalized by the idea of it going and might not have this 100% right. Uh, Let's see, what was it? Hayes, Barnhart, Carpenter, Filiaga, and uh, Mayfield, left to right. I think that Stuber, if healthy, has to get in there some way because he was starting caliber before his ACL injury. But I think that that would, so I would say like maybe Bar- not Barnhart, maybe Stuber if they decide to put him inside. But I think that they're going to have a fully capable starting five, even without the experience. It's fun because here's the thing going into 2017, I was screaming from the rooftops while people were talking about a quarterback battle that did not, wasn't actually happening. That the offensive line was my biggest concern by a long shot. And that ended up being the case. Usually when I have an offseason concern, it ends up being a real concern. Not always. Defensive line got a lot better. Uh, last It was a lot better last year than I thought, but it still wasn't up to like 2016, 2017 standards. I don't think. But usually the, the place where I have a concern, that's going to be something that has to be looked out for. I am not concerned about the offensive line right now. I'm just not. I think that Michigan's going to be solid there, even with all the new guys. All right, we're way over time. I've got four left. Let's get to it here momentarily. All right, let's finish it out. Strong scam likely at the underscore Mike B underscore show. What could Michigan do differently recruit in recruiting in your opinion? I think we've done an excellent job recruiting the OL, but I would like to see us take the uh, the defensive line just as seriously. Also, I think we need at least one five-star every year. What say you? I wholeheartedly agree with that. And I know that they say, like, listen, our recruiting board's different. I think they need to get a guy that's a consensus game-breaker every year. I think they need two, to be honest, and that's usually what they've gotten. That's what they got last year with Daxton Hill and Chris Hinton. That's what they got year before with Donovan or no wait Mm, no they didn't get any of the year before they got one five star according to 24 7 sports and Cam McGrone um they did two the year before Donovan Peoples Jones and Aubrey Solomon obviously Solomon's gone the year before Rashawn Gary and that's actually the only five star they got that year um but I do think that they need to bring in two five consensus five stars every year I think they need to hit Georgia harder in general. I understand how difficult that is, and they have not had a good track record with Georgia products per se. I think they need to hit Georgia as hard as possible. I think that they need to... I I don't agree with the they need to hit Ohio as hard. I understand that that makes it more personal for them in that Ohio State game. I think players are players, to be honest. Uh, I think a really good player is a really good player. I think that they need to make sure that they lock up who they want in Michigan. They've been doing that. I can't think of anyone that they like were desperate to get 
that went to Michigan State. They have had a few that have gone to Ohio State. But they really, really need to take care of the state. But I think that they really just need to hit. They do a really good job in Florida. They need to do a better job in, in Georgia. And they need to do a they need to do a better job in California and Texas. Get those two consensus five stars. You just have to. Honestly, you need to get four or five if you want to compete for the national championship, in my opinion. Yeah, you can coach guys up. I think they've done a pretty good job of development for the most part. But they just they have to get guys that are consensus great players that are hungry for football. That's the other thing. They've got really good guys that are that take their academics seriously. I think to some degree, and I, I know Michigan has to take its academics seriously, I think that they need to put more of a take more of a like here's what one person told me recently. At Ohio State, they go out and they get guys that are just hungry for football. They need football. Some of them might not be the best characters out there. But they've got great upperclassmen leadership that whip the younger guys in line immediately. Now, obviously, it doesn't always work. The Amir Reap and Jason Went thing, I mean, that's terrible. You get those in every program, unfortunately. The, the bad seeds that don't conform to what is right. But I think that Michigan needs to find more of those types of guys. Not just, I think Michigan's team is full of excellent, super great kids. Pretty close top to bottom. The ones that aren't flame out early. They need to get, they need to have more leadership as well when it comes to the upperclassmen. Uh, The Ambry Thomas thing that he said about not having strong captaincy essentially. I feel like since 2016, they haven't necessarily had guys that they have guys that I think everyone respects a lot, like Ben Bredesen, who's a vocal leader. But I don't think people fear him the way that maybe some older captains in the past were. Let me put it that way. And I just think they need a captain that is going to be like a general in that sense. A Steve Hutchinson type guy that people just fear. That's what they need as a player, as, as a recruit and as a player. All right, taking way too much time. Way, way, we're already over time. Eric at ERKJ72, how does the hiring of Mel Tucker affect recruiting for Michigan and the state of Michigan? This is what I was trying to get to earlier. I think that it definitely, because this is a guy, I know people sent me messages saying like, we we don't know how he's going to be. Yeah, he got a 35 rated class in Colorado. He went into places that recruited themselves. I don't care if he went to places that recruited themselves, like Alabama and Georgia. Those places don't just come out of nowhere. They still go out and get guys. Sometimes through means that are maybe unsavory. This guy knows what it takes to go out and get guys. Notice that people from the Urban Meyer, not the Urban Meyer, sorry, Nick Saban tree have a tendency to be able to go out and snag guys. You look at what Jeremy Pruitt has done at Tennessee. You look at what Kirby Smart has done at Georgia. Those two programs saw an elevated recruitment. I think that Michigan State is going to recruit a lot differently, particularly now I don't think the city of Detroit is closed to Michigan State. Michigan needs to hit the ground 
as hard as it possibly can. Because you cannot expect to just be like, we're Michigan. Because Mel Tucker is going to come in and he's going to do the Juwan Howard thing and be like, listen, I'm trying to build something new. I am trying to make this a deal. And we're going to take down Michigan. We're going to do all of these things. And some guys are going to be like, you know what? I want to be a part of that. Michigan cannot let that happen. Michigan cannot let guys feel like they aren't the highest priority on their board. Whoever it is, they cannot. Uh, Calvin James at Calvin James 123. Isaiah, I know you have moved away from recruiting, which now I'm starting to move back. What does Michigan need to do to lock down the state and ensure Tucker and MSU staff don't intrude too much? Um, I guess I just answered that, uh, but yes. They just have to, they have to be like, listen, this is our state. Look at what we've done to Michigan State. I know they've got a new coach, but if you want to beat them 44 to 10, your best if you want to beat someone 44 to 10 in the state, you have a better chance of doing that at Michigan. We have the rivalry with Ohio State. We've got all this stuff. That's just what they got to do. They have to be I'm not saying they're not assertive. I'm just saying that that's what they have to they have to be persistent and assertive. Because Michigan State is going to come in and be a force in that light, I believe. Alexander at the Harris Empire to finish us out. Any chances of going after Brendan Rice again with the Colorado head coach now leaving for the MSU job? No. He signed to Colorado back in December. That is done. He's at Colorado. He's excited about... uh, prospects of the class I think that they're fine at wide wide receiver I don't think it I don't, if it was a defensive tackle I think that maybe it would be a possibility but he's already signed so they can't they can't do anything anyway so uh all right that's gonna do it so we'll uh we'll figure something out for tomorrow uh I have some ideas but I don't have anything cemented so we'll see what happens so for the lockdown Wolverines podcast also note tomorrow very well could be Saturday might not be Friday might be a Saturday podcast just FYI. So for the Lockdown Wolverines podcast, I am your man on the ground, Isaiah Hole. You can find me online at Isaiah Hole. Find the podcast at on Wolverines. Find the uh, at the Wolverines Wire at Wolverines Wire. If you'd like to be a featured sponsor on the show, email me at ihole at usatoday.com. You can find us on iTunes, Google, Stitcher, Himalaya, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts, or online at wolverineswire.usatoday.com, where we post our daily podcast every single day to go along with your rest of your Michigan football and basketball coverage. This was Locked On Wolverines, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, where it's your team every day.